This is the Tuesday, June 1st edition of the Daily Wager podcast. We've got a full slate of NBA playoff action, so settle in, and like we do every weekday, in and out in less than 10 minutes. Welcome to the Daily Wager podcast, presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I'm Doug Kazarian, alongside Tyler Fulgham, following the long weekend. Tyler, good to be with you, my man. Good to be back. Good to be back on the pod. Hopefully giving our uh, friends, family, and listeners some winners. Yeah, let's get to it. Let's start first with this Lakers-Suns game. And I wrote some content with David Purdom for ESPN.com. Just how crazy this series has been. I mean, look, we always see fluctuation in the series price and obviously game to game with zigzag theory and whatnot. But I think this one has been really, really unique. First of all, you had... Even before the series started, the Suns were big dogs, plus 240 or so. Then that came all the way down where the Lakers were like minus 170. Again, that was just the sports books laying off some liability. Then the Suns is about two, two and a half point favorites, win game one and cover in game two with no change in injuries, no change in venue. They're underdogs. Lakers get the win, but then Chris Paul, Bruce Shoulder goes to game three. Lakers take care of business. And you're looking at minus nine dollars in the series price. And then after a game four upset win in which AD gets hurt, now it's uh, the Suns favorite. And you just don't see that very often. No, you don't. And it's the reason being the, the injuries we saw Chris Paul hurt at the beginning of the series. Then all of a sudden we shift to where we are right now. And Anthony Davis is not going to play. It doesn't appear in game five. And LeBron James hasn't looked like LeBron James, he's, he's putting up numbers, but does he have the burst that we normally see out of LeBron James? So it's understandable. And it, you're right, it's been fascinating to see this uh, series kind of fluctuate and change so rapidly from game to game. I tend to lean on the Lakers. I tend to lean on LeBron James, but I understand anyone who bets the, uh, wants to bet the Suns because it appears they are healthier right now than the Lakers are. Yeah, and it's important to note it was a bruised shoulder with CP3. So bruises do heal. It's not like a partial tear or strain I don't think AD is going to play I know he's a game time decision or he's day-to-day I forget the exact verbiage but I think there's just kind of like some I think the Lakers are going to start strong tonight but I do think the Suns outlast and maybe they're a little tight I think Phoenix with with Chris Paul at the helm has some confidence and I just like this team anyway I'm not sure if Gasol is going to replace Drummond like he should in the starting lineup looks like Frank Vogel's been very um uh just loyal to Drummond but I'm going to lay the five nothing higher than five so it's five or better for me but a small play for me on the Suns tonight. I'm going to lean to the under in this matchup. Um, it, it's something that's kind of been uh, in in this particular matchup, something that's kind of been um, worth investing in. There's been one game that's gone over the total uh, that is listed for game five, 207 and a half. I'll go under that. I mean, we, we've seen games with these two teams of 192 points. That was game four. Uh, the first game, 189 points. Uh, game three, 205 points, or 204 points, pardon me. So with AD out, I expect the Lakers' half-court offense to be less efficient, uh, less points. We know, regardless of who is in the lineup for the Lakers, they've been a dynamic defensive team all year long, whether LeBron is out, whether AD was out. They maintain the hold on a uh, number one defensive rating in the entire NBA and I think uh, the Suns obviously have a good uh, defensive rating as well. And they're, they're not the type of team that's going to try and, I think, push the pace with AD out. So I expect the pace to be low. And we've already seen three of the four games go under this total with AD in the lineup. And expecting him not to play, 
Um, I think the Lakers offense gets less efficient. And I think the total is uh, still a little bit too high at 207 and a half with two teams that are really, really good and dynamic defensively and don't want to push the pace. This is not like a Washington Wizards team. This is not like, you know, a Sacramento Kings team. Both these teams want to slow it down with Chris Paul, slow it down with LeBron James in the half court and, and try and play good defense and win that way. So I expect a, a kind of a rock fight, so to speak. I'll go under 207 and a half. Yeah, we'll see how much the Lakers offense gels, right? We're not sure about KCP's status, and the only two wins they have in the series is when AD has lit them up. So, obviously, you expect more from LeBron in terms of an offensively driven LeBron in terms of scoring, but, you know, to your point, this this series has sort of played out a certain way. I want to go to Boston-Brooklyn. Closeout game potentially for the Nets back at home after a blowout win in game four. Up three games to one lane, 12 and a half for me. I actually like the Celtics a little bit. I think they've proven that they're going to go down. <laughs> they're not going away down without a fight, and they're going to play to the bitter end. And just closeout games are really tough. And I, I'll, I'll rip off some stats for you, but my favorite play on the game is the first half over in the half, first half and game. So, sorry, the over in both the first half and the game. I, I just think the way Boston has sort of approached this is we're going to take the fight right to the Nets. We know their weakness is defense. And we think we can score with them. And maybe Kemba plays tonight. Maybe he doesn't. So even without Jalen Brown, Robert Williams, and Kemba, they put up a million points. Now, the Nets are obviously going to get their points. And so I just think first half over and, and game are my, my two of my favorite plays. And just a little statistical, um, when a double-digit playoff uh, road dog, um, 30 and 15 ATS since 1990, coming off a double-digit loss. So it's just going to be hard for the Nets to duplicate that offensive scoring and the beatdown. Boston's getting a lot of points here. So I lean Celtics or not lean, but it's a small play for me on the Celtics plus 12 and a half. I'm going to look at James Harden. His uh, assist prop is 10 and a half. It seems high, but I think if what I expect happens, Brooklyn wins this game. Um, Harden's going to be a big um, reason why uh, 18 assists in the last game. We know when the big three are healthy, Kyrie and Kevin Durant are responsible for the scoring. James Harden is responsible for the creation in terms of the offense. So, again, 18 assists for Harden in the, the game for victory where they scored 141 points. I don't know if they're going to go that crazy, but I do think 10.5 is a number we can attack because in a closeout scenario, I think Steve Nash is going to put his big three out there, have them kind of step on the throats of the Boston Celtics. And if that's the case, if they are a team that's going to score 120 points, which I think they can do in this game back at home, um, I think Harden's going to have a big – um, impact in terms of helping do that. So 10 and a half, you lay 105. So it's a pretty good price, but it's a big number. But again, he had 18 dimes in, in the game for victory. Um, I, I think that is going to happen again, something similar where he's, he, he is just creating offense all four quarters. He's on the floor. So I'll go over 10 and a half assists for Harden in the uh, net Celtics matchup. I like that play a lot. I mean, especially with a high total. And I, you know, like I said, I think there's going to be a lot of points. I think uh, Harden is a distributor. As long as everyone just makes some shots, I think that's pretty right. solid. Let's go to the other game. I don't have a firm play here on the game. Curious to what to hear your thoughts, but I do think Denver's going to start strong. Look, they laid in a giant egg after back-to-back -back wins. Michael Malone called everyone out. Uh, the players have said all the right things. I like what Michael Porter Jr. is saying. So I like Denver in the first quarter minus a half. Now, I know Dame plays the entire first quarter, but McCollum doesn't. And I just try in the bench unit for Denver's a little shaky to start the second because that's when Jokic goes out. So I just I like the I like those matchup and more so just a situational spot. Nuggets off a loss at home. I expect a strong start here. And uh, you know, a little bit of a narrative here, but I'll play the Nuggets in the first quarter minus a half. 
Yeah, I, I expect the Nuggets to win this game. It's back at home, and if they win, you know it's going to be driven by the force of the MVP of the league, uh, Nikola Jokic. His player plop is 31 and a half, and that's a very, very big number. However, I'm going to go over that because in three of the four games that they played in the series, he has gone over that total. Now, when they lost uh, that game on Saturday, Jokic only played – 26 minutes, had 16 points. He's going to be on the floor for more than 26 minutes in this game. Uh, so as long as he gets his full allotment of minutes, we've seen him in the first three games of the series. He was at 32, uh, 30, or 34, 36, 38 points. He, there's no one on that Portland Trailblazers team that can guard Nikola Jokic. There's no one probably in the league that can guard Nikola Jokic. So as long as he is on the floor for his full allotment of minutes, which I fully expect, and as long as he gives us the requisite uh, efficiency that we've seen all season long. The reason why he's been the MVP. I mean, he, this is a guy who shoots 40% from downtown, shoots 55% from the field, shoots better than 80% from the line. I'm sorry, Yusuf Nurkic is a pretty good defender. He can't handle Jokic. And then when guys like Tanter get in, when they go small and guys like Robert Covington are trying to guard him, remember the, the, the putback uh, at the end of game three or four, I believe it was, that where Portland was trying to make that crazy comeback. Then all of a sudden, you know, uh, Monty Morris is on the line. He's got two free throws, misses them both, and there would have been an opportunity for Portland to tie the game. But Jokic at seven feet tall just dominated the glass, got the offensive rebound and the putback. That is what I have come to expect in this series. There's no one on Portland who can handle Jokic. So 31 and a half is a big number, but in a must-win game for the Denver Nuggets, I expect him to deliver an MVP performance. I'll go over that number. All right. I like it. I like it across the board. We'll discuss much more. You and I with Joe off. So you and I are going to hold down the fort here. Six Eastern on ESPN two. Thanks to everyone. And we always appreciate you download rate review, uh, subscribe, all that good stuff. And in and out in 10 minutes, every single weekday. (laughs) 